Hello and welcome to the Ghibli Rewatch series of the Overly Animated Podcast, where we'll be going through every Studio Ghibli movie chronologically from the beginning. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by April Collins. Hi there! And Alex Bonilla. Hello! Uh, join us in rewatching or watching for the first time all the Studio Ghibli movies. Now they're available for streaming for the first time on HBO Max, the United States, Netflix, most of the rest of the world. New podcasts every Wednesday as we go through the whole Ghibli catalog chronologically. Find us at OverlyAnimated.com. All the ways to contact us are there. I'm a Ghibli expert joined by co-hosts with a variety of Studio Ghibli experience. And today is My Neighbors the Yamadas, our hotly anticipated My Neighbors the Yamadas podcast. Um, so we're going to be getting into everything from this somewhat obscure, uh, at least in the United States, Ghibli movie. Uh, full spoilers for My Neighbors the Amada is not a big spoiler movie, so I wouldn't worry about it. And, uh, minor spoilers for the rest of the, uh, Studio Ghibli ones. Uh, we'll be watch, discussing both sub and dub. Um, never watch the dub of this, definitely, but, uh... (laughs) We can talk about it, but you missed out. Did did you? Did you watch the dub this Uh time or in the past? Uh, this time. Okay, I don't mean. I think probably. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. I don't think you guys watched watched more. I watched five minutes of the dub. Okay. Oh man. So good though. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about the dub then. Yeah, uh, this movie does have a dub. That's impressive. But uh, whatever you prefer, it's fine. Whatever you watch. Okay, but let's talk about my neighbors, the Yamadas. Definitely need an introduction here. This is from 1999. Uh, it's our second to last Isao Takahata movie. We're going to be discussing, unfortunately, but uh, we've had a lot of fun talking about his movies. And the next one will be in a little bit. But uh, this is based on a manga. More about that in a little bit. Uh, this was not a huge success in Japan. The first Ghibli movie in a while that wasn't a big success. Uh, but, I mean, pretty uh, more obscure, I think, mean, material or, like, uh, move content. Probably not obscure material, um, but maybe content. It's uh, notably stylized in a comic strip aesthetic uh, featuring a series of vignettes about the Yamada family. I'm actually going to read a quote in the introduction here because I think we need more context for My Neighbors the Yamadas. So let's bring in our first quote from Studio Ghibli, the films of Hayao Miyazaki and Isao Takata by Colin O'Dell and Michelle LeBlanc. Uh, they say, in tackling My Neighbors of the Yamadas, Takata set himself the seemingly impossible task of producing a screenplay from a dif- difficult source. My Neighbors the Yamadas is Ishii... Ishii Hisaishi's hugely popular Yonkoma manga, a four-cell comic strip like the the Western equivalent would be of something like Peanuts or Dilbert, a quick-fire format that is difficult to translate into a feature-length film due to its episodic nature. The series began in 1991 in the newspaper Asahi uh, Shimbun, Japan's second-largest circulation daily, as My Neighbors the Yamadas. The strip eventually began to focus on the daughter Nonoko, and the title was changed to Nonochan. The strip continues to be published to this day, I think even now, and even resulted in an anime TV series that ran for over 60 episodes on Asahi TV. Takata's film wisely concentrates on the family, allowing the format to develop in scope. This was a huge undertaking in terms of the way the film was structured, keeping the audience interested in a series of what are basically vignettes with little overriding narrative um, while maintaining the look and feel of the original comic strips. Aesthetically, Yamada's is quite unlike any other large studio animation. Takata insisted the film be true to the manga visually as well as in tone, not an easy task given that the original strip is highly stylized and sketchy. Maintaining the uh, style was difficult to realize using traditional cell animation, so the team looked at creating the na- uh, creating My Neighbors the Yamada's using digital painting techniques allowing for pastel shaded colors and watercolor backgrounds it's hugely ironic the computer technology was required to imitate the simplicity of the original source material okay so some background on the animation which we're in the digital ghibli era now as we discussed uh uh in mononoke last uh week and uh this is one of uh ghibli's biggest digital undertakings but just you know the source material being a peanuts like uh uh, comic that's uh, pretty popular in japan so a uh, bit of a different one here, continuing our obscure Takahata uh, kind of a, a series of films. Um, I don't believe either of you had ever seen this before, probably. Um, no. Yeah. So April, uh, you have seen a bunch of other Ghibli ones, though. How, what did you think of Yamada's? So I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I also went in like totally blind to this movie. I was like, all right, here we are, whatever. And um, it's so different from everything else and super like slice of life. And I thought I would be really annoyed with the fact that it was just kind of like a bunch of 
essentially like short stories, which makes sense now that I know that it came from like sort of like a comic strip thing. So that makes so much more sense in my mind. But I, I like, I enjoyed it. I like that it kind of like mixed things up. Like it evoked a, some strange emotions in me because it was just following this like ordinary family for the most part. So, um, yeah, I, I liked just like you got like the backstory of the family. And then like at the end, we get like a whole like song sequence. Like that was great. <laughs> so it was good. You uh, you watch the dub and only the dub of this movie. Yes. Okay, that's so, a choice. The, were all the songs still well, in Japanese? Okay. I hope so. The, uh, yes, they were. Because okay. I was just like, oh, because I think that was something like I was glad about too. Because I was like, oh, okay, like this makes sense that they at least kept it. Because sometimes they'll like switch it out for other songs, like American songs, yeah. and I'm like, can you not? <laughs> Yeah, we'll get well, to what about what about Kesara Sara? That, that, that has to be translated, right? It's a that, Japanese version of Kesara Sara in the original. Um, uh, I think it was. An, I remember it being in English. I literally, okay. I just watched this like a couple hours ago, and now I'm like, wait, was it in English? Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a not a Japanese song originally, anyway, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, April enjoyed it. Yeah, no, this is, we'll talk about this too, but this is arguably the most inaccessible of the Ghibli movies to an American audience, so maybe making it a dub further distances it, but at the same time, the sub was also inaccessible, so maybe you didn't lose that much. I don't know. We can talk about that. Um, Okay, Alex, what did you think of Yamada's? Well, uh, Takahara continues to make interesting swings. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. This is Quite quite a choice, considering uh, I feel like in the past Takahata movies, it's uh, the the complaint is like it feels a bit meandering. Can we like stick to the story? So what if your response to that was, how about we just forget about a story? Let's just go like every every <laughs> ten minutes, switch to something else, you know? So like that's that's one way to respond to what what you work best in. Um, I, I think that this movie because. Of, because of the fact that it is basically a comic strip adaptation and to the point where like it's not even really an ad- I mean it's an adaptation but it's not doing the thing where like for them like the Peanuts movie like actually tries to do like a full feature length story out of the comic strip here they're literally sticking to the comic strip format of like of we'll just show them in a couple of short scenarios and, and keep moving and there's not really that much connective tissue between between the segments so like it, it because because of that, it definitely feels like that kind of movie where you can just like 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 tune in and out as as you feel like it. And I'm not sure that that's the kind of movie that I'm really into. Although I I feel like that that has an audience. Um, it, it definitely remind, made me think like, what if you made a TV show of this? That feels like a bit more uh ener- energy better used for for that. But um, and also I will say. This definitely feels very, very, very earnest in terms of like its support of the family structure. Like I'm not, I'm not sure you're gonna find many other movies that are that depict um, the family life this lovingly. <laughs> so like if you're if you're just in the mood for something like really comfy with like a cup of tea, it's like man, like this is like what family life should be like, you know? Everybody like squabbles every once in a while, but they always get 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 along in the end, and they have their little small successes and victories so like in the, in that sense like it, it definitely calms you down so like it with it, it's again like it folk uh, takahara another one of his things is that he's just very into realism and uh, keeping things grounded and this is uh, an, uh, another another step in that like just this is what a, a normal family life would be, you know, just like little little stories here and there that you you can tell in like five minutes, and that just but it all adds up to, into uh, how you feel about about your family. So uh, I all in all, it was an interesting movie to watch. I won't say that I love it, but I I definitely appreciate what what it's uh, what it's going for. And it it it, it was easier to watch than let's say Pompoko, which is uh, going for a lot more challenging stuff. This is like the a uh, total U-turn from that. So it, yeah, like uh, that I I respect that. 
Okay, yeah. Uh, you're right about the ambitious for a film tackling the, the style of uh, manga. Yeah, there's a lot of TV shows, uh, anime anime shows that do these, but um, I, don't, I don't know, is this the only one movie that attempts it? Uh, yeah, and you mentioned the earnestness. Like, I agree, and also, but also, you know, there's a lot of these shorts where they're trying to, like, get one over on each other. Um, that's earnest in its own way, just uh, family teasing, I guess. Yeah, that's just how families yeah. be. Like, it's not, it's like... It's earnest in that it's being real. It's realistically it's, depicting because yeah, it's yeah. not an ideal family either, because that would even be even less interesting. But at the very least, you have like some a little bit of struggle going on that would appear in almost any family unit, and that that adds a little bit to to the realisticness of the characters. It's it's very comfortable. I liked whenever you used that word to describe it. You're- comfortable yeah comfy movie Mm -hmm. um and yeah the realistic it's like realistic family dynamic i also think it's specifically a realistic japanese stereotypical family dynamic uh they talk odell and leblanc do talk about that a little bit in their chapter too and i think the that element of it like uh, there's a big asterisk i think next to any of our views on this movie considering we don't really have that cultural context of like the salary man husband and like the the housewife and like like we have a version of that i think in like america and stuff but uh, it, it, it definitely felt very like 60s 70s sitcom feel <laughs> I, like, I i was having flashbacks to my childhood <laughs> so, yeah like they're definitely like, playing off family. of the yeah um yeah they're like they're definitely like playing off of the traditional japanese roles i think is my interpretation but you know like none of us can i think uh fully i, I think similar to pompoko the, the really difficult i think as american audiences to evaluate yamadas and pompoko um yeah no i did i did see this when i was like 14 going through all the ghibli movies shockingly i was not into it <laughs> 14 <laughs> um but i'm re- happy to revisit it here and another one of these takata movies which i wasn't like necessarily super into as a kid i like really appreciated uh uh, this this viewing um just the i mean the thing to talk about here is the animation which um you we, we're seeing in takahata's uh, late stages of takahata's career him just going all out with the animation and this is i think a uh, similar to pomboko one of the most uh notable animation movies uh like in terms of the visual animation movies of all time i think the aesthetic is incredible and there's several sequences which are just uh absolutely like ridiculous high quality crazy animation going on um i'm so into those sequences that that change up the animation style from the already very subversive uh style um that we start with like the movie looks like very different on its own and then we like could we do go takata style change it a little bit and there, yeah so there's like the opening scene and then the ending scene i think are just uh, absolutely incredible and then well, like the- sure yeah well, they definitely save their punches because, like, it definitely gets very minimalistic at times too, where there's just like one piece of furniture in a room, and you're just like, "Well, that that's that's the that's the frame. That's all you need, I guess, just the, the, uh, to establish where you are." But like, there are like moments like uh, like the the wedding cake scene or the or the that whole uh, um, wet wedding flashback thing. Like, there are moments where they, they like, go really in depth and they do like the 3D turns uh, and everything, and then there are moments when they like go to just like black and white pencil drawn you know so like it's it's deceptively impressive in like where they where they decide to go all out and where they decide to be like well let's save resources here yeah i mean i think you know i don't think i don't know if we're at this point in ghibli we're saving resources i think like it's a a choice i think probably by um and i and i think takata notoriously uh goes way over resource over budget on every movie but um this is yeah like we there's there's scenes with no background in them it's just all white and stuff and then uh, it like even even on the scenes that keep this this comic style like the background sometimes fully fleshes out sometimes it's uh there's like nothing there um yeah it it is really interesting to go so like the animation is really what stands out to me but no i did i connected with a lot of the vignettes i think a lot of them were were heartwarming or interesting i mean sure like i am bored for like half this movie so there's that. <laughs> um, like, sure but I, uh, I, I will say like i was not like it, i thought i would like space out more during this movie and i did it like for whatever reason it like fully held my attention like 100 percent from start to finish oh that's that's excellent yeah, yeah. i can't i can't say the same um yeah. which well, I maybe I speaks to my attention spam but uh the no like i do think that they have these really notable animation or particularly heartwarming type sequences interspersed like pretty well um through through kind of the more low-key ones to kind of keep your attention um 
But no, I like I really appreciate Yamada's for what it's doing. I kind of came in thinking this is like one of the worst Ghibli movies, which is like totally a bad take now that I understand. Like this is uh, incredibly notable in in what it's going for and uh you know i mean we're gonna get to some movies in the second half which i think like um they're they're like good for what they are but are like definitely trying doing a lot less with animation or um with themes and stuff and so i think i definitely want to relish in kind of these all-out ghibli movies uh which i do think yamada's is is kind of one of the ones of um and uh, no i think the music was really interesting choices and really good throughout too we'll talk about that um but i know and a lot of other thing i want to say i thought this was really funny like even even to like uh cultural disconnect audience like i i don't know this is like one of the funniest ghibli movies we've seen i was laughing a lot through it it's like definitely go trying to be a comedy which is different than normal well, it came from like a comic strip, so that mm. kind of makes sense. And the grandmother was the best, so yeah, she's very funny. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing, too, right? Like, it's a it's going for very classic family dynamics. So you go on the classic family jokes. Uh, the dad is grumpy, and the mom is aloof, and the son is always there to, at at the end of the scene for like a punchy, uh, like uh, you know, show show off the line. So like you know, it, it's going, it's using you know your classic comedy tropes, but it, it uses them successfully mostly. I want to um, kind of paint the fuller picture of Takahata's career in context of this movie as we've been talking. It's nothing new that we've been talking about. Kind of bring it to a head here as Takahata kind of retires from filmmaking after this until he comes back for his masterpiece uh, at the end. Um, so this is the last one we'll talk about for a while. But um, just like uh, the- Takahata's career, he directed quite a few films before Studio Ghibli and is just one of the earliest kind of anime pioneer directors. Um uh, kind of this legendary figure takes Miyazaki under his wing, a, young, a younger animator with a lot of talent. Um, they kind of bounce around studios and then eventually form Studio Ghibli, which it sh- we haven't talked about this like enough. I think it should be noted like this is an all movie anime studio. It's not something you see a lot. Um, and it's like a boutique indie like movie types like they're trying to create masterpieces here. Um, and uh, so Takata comes in. He's done his kind of like more typical uh, kids fair, typical anime fair. And he just starts making these kind of like really obscure, realistic uh, the art, art house type films. Um, and I think that's the trajectory we've been going down with him. And you can see as he's making these movies, him starting to experiment more with animation styles into uh, different types of styles and starting to combine them within movies pompoko we talked about did that all throughout the movie and so here um this to me makes total sense now with the with uh, where takata's career has gone he's you know he's just trying to do interesting different things like this is um the the animation this movie is going for in certain sequences and then the different style throughout it um i think really uh i can totally see how that would appeal to him we've also talked about how he definitely is focused on realistic movies and this is you know uh, just fo- solely focusing on the uh, adventures of one family um so i don't know i think in some ways you could see yamada's as kind of this culmination of uh where 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 takahata's gone within studio ghibli um and also just this movie like where does this movie get made anywhere else um i mean sure it's like okay there's like a peanuts movie or something but this isn't just that it's like with these crazy uh sequence in the beginning of the the founding of the family them getting married as like the narration to that and then like this uh crazy case um sequence at the end Mm -hmm. um there's also Mm -hmm. some other some other really um big animation ones in the middle it's just like this is totally a product of studio ghibli this movie this is this is at pompoko too but this is like uh takahata in studio ghibli i don't think we'll see a yamada's ever again it's like absolutely a product of this exact uh situation well the the thing is when you're trying to if you're gonna uh, adapt a comic strip which uh, it by by its nature is a very limited <laughs> limited piece of art it's four panels right you got if you're gonna do a take on it you better have like a, something unique about it and to the, I, I, I i'm sorry i'm bringing this up again but like the peanuts movie what's unique about it is that it's using a very stylized type of animation to sort of 
to reflect the the old script style, but in a way that doesn't feel the same as every other DreamWorks or Pixar movie. Like if you watch clips of that movie, you can tell that they like made a lot of effort to animate it differently. And I think Takahata is doing the same thing here. Where like if you're gonna adapt a comic script to animation, you better have a, a unique angle on it. And I think that they accomplished that here. They they especially when they go into the full full colored uh, like fantastical flashbacks. Like that's you're using characters that exist but in like a, t- a place that they've never been in in detail that they've probably never been drawn before and that's the beauty of animation that like you, you can take something basic and like just add upon it add upon it to make it uh, pop as much as uh, as much as you want so like i i i love uh, i love the the effort that that comes with uh, trying trying to adapt this and one other thing i want to me- mention like we were talking about takahata's career it's interesting, uh, like, I don't know his work before Ghibli, but like, it, from the movies that are under the, under the umbrella, you've got Grave, which is pat, uh, like an adult movie, like, it gets to really heavy messages. Only Yesterday, which comes from the perspective of an adult woman. Pompoko, like, like, there I'm not really sure what the audience is, but I guess that's a little bit more general. And then you got the Yamadas, which like, uh, I was thinking for most of the movie, like, is this a movie more directed toward kids than adults? And maybe that's just my, the 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 thinking that's been pushed upon me by media, where like if something isn't is just very basic family humor, then that means oh it's for kids. But like at the same time, like it is like depicting the struggles of the parents as well. So you could certainly argue it's for a general audience as well. But I just find it interesting as well, like um. On t- Due to the fact that this is the last movie he directs for a while, that after directing three very um, uh, three movies with very serious uh, messages, or at least more more adult-oriented messages, this one go- goes kind of back to the roots, so to speak, with like just a more fa- uh, fa- uh, a very down-to-earth kind of story. Yeah, probably more of a general audience. Yeah, I'm not sure this is specifically a kids' movie, but definitely doesn't seem as I'd, our cultural I was- knowledge. I think is lacking. It doesn't seem as adult as like a Grave of the Fireflies. It's like not as adult, but not. It's very general. Because I remember having that same moment while watching it. I was like, "Is this a kid? Like, this isn't supposed to be a kids' movie, right? Like, this is this is more so for like me." So I, yeah, I think so. I don't think kids are the ones appreciating like the uh, the ins and outs of the the Japanese salary man and yeah. parody parodying that role in the family and stuff. I mean, I think there's some of that in kids anim- kids animation, but. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think Takat is super interested in making a kids movie. I mean, Miyazaki, I think, becomes interested in that, um, which will yeah. be, we'll, we'll see. Will be interesting to see uh, uh, us talk about that. Um, but and I also really love, love Alex's first point. And just just speaking to like Takahata as just like a master animator and storyteller, and him fully exploring the bounds of animation and Studio Ghibli enabling him to do that. There's yeah. no there's no equivalent of Studio Ghibli in in America, and there never has been. There's totally poop out like master animators. I'd love to see get the opportunity, get unlimited resources, unlimited time like Takahata got at Studio Ghibli to produce just whatever obscure movies he wants to. And that's like kind of the what Yamada Yamada's Pompoko comes out of. Of course, these things aren't going to register as uh, innately to us as Miyazaki's kind of more typical affair. Although Miyazaki has his quirks in his own ways, which I think makes it really interesting. But um, just really uh, at this point in like uh, where I am viewing all of uh, all of the animated fair we talk about, seeing all these movies, just the, these these really um different takata movies just really stand out to me yamada's definitely one of them and just seeing a uh like a grand animator just doing doing his thing here um like just let him loose like here you go like i would love to see that from more animators just because like you never know like what their full potential is until they get to explore it and so that's i think that's another reason why like i really love like i really enjoyed this movie too is that it's just so unique and like, very much, like, itself. So, I mean, yeah, it came from uh, Ghibli, but, like, it's, like, I, I wouldn't, like, you, if you had put them next, like, previously, if you hadn't told me 
Like, I would have been like, this isn't a Studio Ghibli movie. This doesn't look right. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, th- think about, like, imagine putting this, like, side by side with Princess Mononoke. Just yeah. like the previous movie. Those are our podcasts but, right next to each other. Yeah. Right. Like, that, that's, like, such a blank check of, like, after Mononoke. Like, come on, you can do whatever you want. And it's like, yeah. this, this is your, this is the next, next movie from the from the studio that made that giant movie that everybody was talking about. Oh, Okay, <laughs> then they can they can do it because they've got that 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 uh that cultural pull already. So the, just the, they're they're kind of untouchable at this point in their history. Yeah, we talked about that in the Mononoke podcast, elevating Studio Ghibli even further to a legendary studio in Japan. Now, I basically think this era of Studio Ghibli is kind of the blank check era. Um, and you see Takahata uh, execute Pompoko. Like, they have a huge successes in the 80s and 90s box office. Like, every year they have the top movie in Japan. They're making more accessible fare. And then Takahata takes that. He goes even more obscure with the, the resources available to him in Pompoko and Yamadas. And then Miyazaki <laughs> makes his huge epics of Mononoke and Spirited Away with uh, these crazy resources available to him. Very interesting to see the direction the two take. I mean, <laughs> they were like, you know, the, the thing, the difference with Miyazaki versus Takahata, Takahata had directed many movies before this Miyazaki only got his chance right before Studio Ghibli and is making all his dream movies in a row right now um and then uh you know he he gets to the special point in his career I think where we are now but we'll talk about that more with Spirited Away I want to read um uh Odell and LeBlanc's uh, overall analysis of the movie which is in line I think with what we're talking about they say in terms of innovation and artistry my neighbors the Amadas is in a league of its own certainly with regard to animated feature films it is by turns anarchic and elegant delicate and deranged lowbrow and highbrow as an experiment it was a bold move and one that did not set the box office alight it was probably too revolutionary whilst at the same time appearing superficially naive it did however mark ghibli's first entry in 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 first entirely computer generated feature albeit one as far away in look and feel as can be imagined from the likes of pixar's perfectly rendered worlds yeah i mean look compare this is a full cg movie compared to any pixar movie i mean this just looks so much different and in my opinion better than like most of i was gonna say it looks different but that doesn't mean that it looks bad it still looks so like very good you know yeah, I guess it's just like a matter of like what we know CGI to be, which is that that Pixar DreamWorks like three three D rendering style. That like when you see this, it's like this is this is what they did with their first digital movie. <laughs> and, and like also also it, it's it, this that just makes way more impressive like what Mononoke is doing if that wasn't <laughs> entirely computer generated like that. Yeah, that's part, part, the, partly generated for Mononoke and no Ghibli movies had been before. No, sir. Look, every right. Ameri- What's the talking point about uh, we we have about American animated movies now? They all look the same with their three D uh, st- same style, yeah. uh, very homogenized style. That's being it's really tiring at this point. This is also a computer-generated movie. Yamada's, how different does this movie look? That's that's such a contrast. That's such inc- And this is right at the beginning of this technology being available to them. And Studio Ghibli and Takahata is like, he has this technology available and he makes this movie instead of, you know, what we've settled into as a very tired style, I think, uh, here. And to a certain extent, animes have a pretty homogenized style, too, at this point. Um, yeah. Certainly, I think a little more variation over there, but you definitely just appreciate like uh, what Takahata is doing at this point in his career relative to what we're seeing now. Like compared to the rest of the world and what they're all deciding to do with the animation, I just love that. Like, I'm gonna make this movie. Oh, you're gonna make a three a CGI movie? Yeah, totally. Except not. Like, <laughs> I mean, it still was, but and again, like it looks great, and I love the. Like, I love the call of it being, like, an experiment and that it was too revolutionary. I think it was absolutely too revolutionary because, like, I can't, like, I can't imagine, like, me in 1999 being like, yeah, this is a great movie. I would have been like, what am I watching? Like, (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah, I think I think to Japan, it's, it's it would be a little bit better, but like you know, they're expecting um, the Miyazaki type movies, Kiki yeah. type movies, like, and and this is I think definitely different from from what they're expecting. But yeah, no, I think it's funny to think of this as too revolutionary, a revolutionary of a movie, all while at the same time appearing superficially naive. They say because I agree, like it's like this is at some points like the most inoffensive type of movie, but um, just in terms of the execution of the animation and the style and not having an overarching plot, like. Uh, definitely like a bold a bold swing um and in terms of like the parts of the movie that stood out to me they they definitely were anytime we diverged in style i was like pretty wowed um 
definitely the especially the beginning of this movie mm-hmm. not the exact right. beginning but the this origins of the family sequence um mm-hmm. Yeah. is just stunning i was like floored watching that uh, i would say that's the best part of the movie honestly which, i think so you know, this, yeah, yeah well, i think well, so too well, which i think is important is important because like i'm sure that there are people who like are afraid of this movie because of like it, it like be looking simple if you just see a thumbnail of it i'll say watch the first 10 minutes if you don't like it it's not for you if, if but watch at least those 10 minutes because that's kind of like the peak of what of the cap of the capability of Takahata in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Getting with 10, 12. I, yeah. I was trying to like find the exact sequence and it does, it goes, they intersperse a little bit of the traditional style within to, um, in pivoting the story a little bit, but no, yeah. Like, I think like if you watch the beginning, you're dead, you're getting like the, the height of the, the animation that goes into it. Um, and I think is, is representative. I mean, I think it settles in a lot after that. Um, and, uh, you know, but we do, and at the end, you know, we get another kind of crazy sequence with the Kesarasara. They're flying around with umbrellas. Um, it's uh, I, I loved that ending. Uh, I, th- I thought that was really remarkable animation and felt uh, really like warm and like it's a good encapsulation. I think of the whole movie too. It was like a good way to end it, like because otherwise it would have just gone on and on forever. Especially since there was no like overarching like. There wasn't like a main plot or anything like that. We're just following the Yamadas. Have it a good time. <laughs> it could have gone on forever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, that, 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 that's kind of a downside making... too. Like you know like okay, so are we close to the end of the movie? Are we gonna like we keep going? Like well, there's there's not really a feel for like the yeah. the ebbs and flows. But it's interesting though too, because there was never a point for me where I was like wonder like searching for the end of the movie. Like, I wasn't like, how much time is left? Like, how how much time has passed? Or anything along those lines. Like, so it, I guess, like, it probably could have gone on forever for me. And I would, I probably would have just been enjoying it the entire time. Wow, bold, bold take. You would have enjoyed it forever. That's great. <laughs> I um, mean, they're still making comic strips. So. Yeah, they could, they could, yeah. But in terms of they're still making comic strips, they pivot the comic to focus on the daughter, who is, like, definitely the least developed character of this movie. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. she... She is very maligned in this movie. Like she gets, she gets a piece in that first, uh, sh- like lost in the mall, and then after that, she kind of just disappears. I'm like, yeah. well, I need more Nonoko. What's what happened here? Do you, has does the family like grow up in the comic strip? So maybe that's why like they've pivoted it, it towards her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's folk. I think focusing on a kid is more seems more typical than a whole family. They found more success there. I don't know, but yeah, that, that's interesting. That Nonoko definitely uh, not not a lot of her in this movie. Um, in, ter- in terms of the runtime, by the way, it's hour hour forty five movie. Yeah. you might expect this comic movie to be like hour fifteen. No, this is hour forty five. It's a it's a move. It's a full like full fledged movie. <laughs> For better uh, or uh, worse, and, yeah, uh, like, I, I, this again a theme with Takahara. He's not really sure where where to cut his movies. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think again, I, if the, in terms of tracking the story of Takahara Ghibli, totally fits in line with me. Like Takahara is like part the part of the reason they make the movie is so he can do what he wants, and so you know, uh, their their producer uh, Toshio Suzuki can't really rein him in um, with the, the runtime or the budget or anything. And yeah, probably they were thinking originally this movie would be shorter, I would assume. Um, they're and, like, you can do whatever you want. Okay, I'm going to. And they're like, no, stop. He's <laughs> like, no, you told me I could do what I wanted. <laughs> so, I didn't also, think you were like, going to do that much. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he's in charge, though. Like, it's him and Miyazaki's studio. So, uh, you know, how do you say no? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, lo- I love that ending. Other scenes that really stood out to me, uh, the, we, we get this like two part motorcycle gang, I think, <laughs> sequence towards yeah. the, uh, towards the end ish. Um, different styles here. And then we get this, uh, masked rider, uh, superhero parody, um, which is based on a, a Japanese superhero, which is not apparent to us watching. Um, uh, so we don't really get the parody. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, I, I, I really like. Um, <laughs> you did. Yeah. How did you get? How did you get it? <laughs> I've heard of the Masked Rider thing before, so I was like, huh, okay. they and they do it on a bunch of other shows too. So yeah, like isn't that basically just like Batman on a motorcycle? Yeah, 
I mean, like, we can say that, but, you know, it's, it's, this is us reaching, I think, uh, to understand things. But no, I just, I really love the style that was in and the whole motorcycle sequence because it, like, starts in the normal style, then it changes to this really, like, tough, sketchy style when the dad yeah, is, like, trying I, I was, yeah. was going to say that, that that's my, my favorite part of that of that scene where, like, the the gang ma- uh, gang guy uh, puts on the, the headlights and, like, it's kind of just black and white and the, the light is just, like, black lines and everybody's just pencil drawn. Like, I think that that really uh, hits home. Like this is like the first time in this movie that the stakes feel a little higher than usual, or at least like put you in the shoes of of the dad feeling feeling threatened. It's like, oh, we're not in like comic strip world anymore. Now we're in like a more anime ish world. So uh, I I appreciated that because I I think that 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 did well with uh, noting the change in tone for that particular scene. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that was used to incredible effect, and then it switches back after too, and just really blown away by that 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 sequence, and then the the following one too with the him as the as as the the hero parody, and I think that uh, it it's like also good psyche into the dad that the, the those those one two of the sequences, and also features some incredible animation. Mm-hmm. Um, another the other random one I had noted down was uh, this is more of a normal style, uh, although I think it has a different color palette um, to it. Is the dad forgot his umbrella and then he calls them and then like no one wants to get to no one wants to give him the umbrella. But then at the end, the whole family came to to give him the umbrella. I thought this was like the most heartwarming sequence of the, I love the movie. that. <laughs> it was so sweet. <laughs> it was so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's was... it's definitely one of the most family comes together in the end the kind of scenes <laughs> and it's like yeah, it's like yeah but i didn't want to vomit so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it felt genuine and it was also surrounded by like scenes of uh, them tricking each other and stuff so it's like oh they are a family and they do have nice moments sometimes and uh i i really love that one um alex what what what's are other scenes that are standing out to you right now looking back on the movie uh, if um, any, the, 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 there's that one where the mom and dad are like dance fighting to control the TV, yes! and I was like, like just like the the the, mo- the motion that they get to the, to the point where like what, when the grandma comes in, they're like synchronized at that that, that point is like okay, this she's is like funny. this is more entertaining than TV. <laughs> yeah, like that's just that's just a funny piece of animation right there, uh, <laughs> and also very relatable <laughs> to anybody who's had to share a TV in a family. Uh, <laughs> Um, also, like there, there's like there's also like moments of quiet in this movie that are uh, that are appreciated. Like there's like one scene where where dad comes home and like a m- mom doesn't have anything for food, so it's just like here's a banana, and like he's <laughs> and like he's kind of defeated, and he's like slowly peeling the banana while mom is just like watching TV, kind of defeated too. And like they're not really saying anything, but like just like uh, like you know this is sometimes how family life goes like nobody's really that happy but you're hanging around each other you know so it's like again like that's something that may maybe a usual family movie doesn't really take time to do because you need action all the time but like this is a movie that can do whatever it feels like it so it's like we can also take these moments of like absolutely nothing happening but still depicting like this is what family life is like so i i also appreciate that just for the audacity of putting that in a feature film Nice, nice. Yeah, some some good ones. Uh, April, any standing out to you? Any scenes? Um, I really enjoyed the scene where the mom says she's gonna order out, like order out sushi, and then Grandma's like, "What? No, I'm gonna make it." And then she tries to make beef stroganoff <laughs> and fails. Stroganoff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you watch the dub; they probably said it normally. <laughs> no, they did. Well, they didn't at first. Like the grandma, like struggles over it. She's like, <laughs> she's like, well, what are you gonna make? She's like, I've always wanted to try to make beef strawberry. <laughs> okay, like, that's how they did it. And the mom's like, you can't even pronounce it. Like, how are you going to make it? And she's like, it's beef stroganoff. Like, <laughs> and then she ends up ordering sushi anyway. I thought that was great. I also uh, really loved whenever um, the son Noboru had like the like his little like girlfriend situation. I thought that was really uh, cute because he was like so like it was all over his head, and I loved that. Them trying to listen in on when he's talking on the phone. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was great too. So yeah, we had a whole little subplot with the son somewhere mm-hmm. in there. 
Uh, I, I was kind of spacing out during the, like like the school part of that scene, like the, the, like at school uh, with his friends or whatever. But I just want to point out in that scene, we're like talking about like how revolutionary the animation is and like how like impressive everything is. At the same time, this is a movie where they just draw a happy face on the sun. It's just like ah, okay. Yep. It's, yeah, it's part of the style. Got to buy into his style and what he's going it's, for. It's like real, real fifth, fifth grade energy. Fifth grade kid energy. He's a I, representative. Something else that I really enjoyed is that. So for the dub, the grandma was the same voice actress who did um, Mom in Futurama. And I just like that's just kind of like how I kept picturing her in my oh, head. Tress McNeil as the grandma. Yes. Okay. So, so J- James Belushi and Molly Shannon as uh, the yeah. mom and dad. It was. I really enjoyed it. Like so, especially James Belushi as the the dad. Like that was good times. So. Uh, I I, I want to say I li- I I put on five minutes of dub that I think was the um uh, the umbrella scene. Right, so just so I could hear Jim Belushi putting putting his voice to a character, and like if if you wanted to find somebody to play a dad who feels insecure in his masculinity, you can't find a better person than Jim Belushi. Like I think like his sick, according to Jim, like that's the whole point of that show is just like I need to be manly because my family is full of women. Like that's kind of his whole deal. So like that's his okay. energy in this movie. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty much his energy, and I and so I appreciate the five. It's like okay, my 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 thoughts are confirmed. This was a good casting. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a very good casting for an English dub. I don't even know how I ended up watching the dub, to be honest. But I <laughs> it it was it was okay. Like I think I I was confused on HBO Max because I was like it defaults to the English. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it said like like Japanese in the corner. It's, and I was it, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's the one thing I don't like because it's Japanese to click on Japanese to turn to the Japanese one. Yeah, but, uh... I, I figured that out, but it was too late. I was already in the dump. <laughs> so. I, I do want to ask: Is it around? Is this around the time that like D- Disney gets control? Like uh, yeah, more a, more in, in the Disney era? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because like I saw that the dub was made almost around the same time this movie got released, which is like wow, like that. Really? Yeah, I think it wasn't released until a little bit later, two thousand five or something oh um, okay yeah. then maybe i read wrong they put it they they only straight to dvd right uh in a double feature with pompoco so they had no confidence that these oh. movies would sell yeah um which i think is fair i don't think these would be box office successes in the u.s um but we you know, with the disney dubs you get some big names which is i think good um well yeah like jim belushi was a big yeah. name back then so. yeah. still a name you recognize i think and uh, but- then but and then uh, G Kids released the uh, Blu-ray, which is good. They, wow. they we got the updated versions. Wasn't it wasn't distracting the yeah? No, like because you know how sometimes you're like, oh, like Jim Belushi's gonna be the voice. Like no, it, like it fits so perfectly with like the dad and all of the energy and everything like that. And even like Molly Shannon as the mom was it was phenomenal. I I very <laughs> I really enjoyed the dub. So, and this is, you know, I, normally I prefer to watch subs. It doesn't really matter. But like I it was a good time. So, no complaints nice. from me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Let's let's speaking of some of the the characters we were talking about their voices. Let's go. We talked a little bit about them, but any any additional comments we can go through each character. We have Shige the grandmother. Um That's definitely a st- definitely a scene scene stealer in a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think she's 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 very good. She made me think of my grandma, so that's <laughs> why. Like like that was definitely my grandma. Like Takashi was definitely my dad. Uh, like so, um, I, I'm sure I have a brother in Noboru. So. Wh- witty grandma is like such a trope in tv and i'm always like envious like man are there families who actually have that like that'd my, be nice my grandma was extremely witty and i loved her and she was very like bold like i could 100 percent see her going up to some bikers and being like all right why don't you take that energy turn it into something <laughs> better like and then, like, they just leave, and she's just like, well, you're going to go think about it. I know it. Like, yeah, she so. confronts the bikers. Yeah, it's a great. <laughs> that was another really great scene. Because she's just like, why don't you just be, like, a positive influence? 
Yeah, this is a probably a star moment. Also, in the beginning, she's uh, complaining that it's her property and stuff. And, oh yeah, uh, it's her land, but I built the house. Yeah, on my land. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 mom's mom. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I guess another point to this maybe not being entirely uh, a kids movie is like she ha- has this vignette where like she's going to visit this uh, old friend of hers in the hospital mm-hmm. and like it ends with like the, the friend kind of breaking down and she has to explain why she's in the hospital even though we don't know and then it just kind of ends with her in a dark room sitting by herself contemplating her mortality it's like whoa what yeah. is this <laughs> I didn't fully, yeah, I didn't fully understand that one, um, but that's me, probably me either. But like, I feel like that's like the superficial reading. Of yeah, it. I would, I would, I guess, agree with what you're guessing. But yeah, that was that was an interesting one too. Whenever they have these solo ones with one of them, it's uh, different, I think, then because most of them are family dynamics. Yeah. Um, we have Matsuko, uh, the mother, um, get a lot of her dealing with kind of being at home, um, trying not to just do chores all day. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like that they had what is it the they called it they called it something in the English dub it was like the power minute or whatever and then like in that minute like it, I, I I I need to go back and like time it out but I'm pretty sure it was like exactly one minute whenever like the family's all like hustling like the son comes back because he's still got his pajamas on and then like he's mm, trying to put on his everyone's shoe. leaving in the morning yeah. yeah. And then, like, the dad, like, comes back because he's missing his shoe. Like, uh, Nanako, like, forgets her. Like, in that, like, chaotic, like, moment. But I loved that it was just, like, the the power minute, like, hasn't happened yet. So (laughs) they predicted it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting reading of the... I don't remember what it was called there, but yeah, it's like her dealing with everyone kind of leaving in the morning and that mm-hmm. being like a, a chaotic, a chaotic part of her life. Yeah. Um, so we have Taka- Takashi, the dad, who um, is, uh, I think, not not a great look in several of the vignettes, um, but also well, it's he, like the point, the, I think. Yeah, <laughs> this is kind of just how dads are in Ghibli movies, I feel like. <laughs> it's a, lot of, a lot of mediocre dads in Ghibli movies, yeah. From our perspective, I think I think they uh, they're like harsh. Um, you know, you have the only yesterday dad who who hits her once, um, and yeah, uh, I think yeah. I think cult- cultural context. I think it's a little more normalized, and uh, dads being uh, like uh, not talking a lot and being pretty cold. Um, oh. They really want to capture that dynamic. Oh yeah, no, I, it was well, very much like it, it. It was my father who was in there they modeled him after my dad because my dad would like come home and he'd be like i'm tired what's for food like <laughs> and then he'd like want to do something but everyone else had already agreed to do something else and then he's like grumpy because no one wants to hang out with him and it's like we're all watching this movie you could come watch it with us like <laughs> yeah yeah i think yeah and that comes across off comes off across badly but also you think we humanize him a lot of just him having to deal with like this monotonous job we get the sense of uh all the time too yeah uh, and, and i i think that 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 biker scene like is like kind of like bringing bringing him down to the point where, like they use like a saying like a, a grasshopper with a warrior's helmet it's like he 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 he, he feels kind of help is like man i i failed my family when they needed me most and he's just like sitting there on the swing difference so like uh, the so that they they put him in in classic grumpy dad like trying to lead the be like the like alpha male of the family but like they show as well like that's kind of a flawed way way of thinking where like you're not always uh, capable of doing that so maybe you shouldn't be acting that way all the time. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the dad, I think, uh, and the mom, I think they're they're pretty deeply characterized in this movie. Definitely like pretty uh, real realistic. Uh, different a lot of different aspects portrayed with them um and their dynamic too i think is a highlight in a lot of scenes um yeah uh we have we have uh nobody the sun uh oh, oh just one more thing with, with takashi like also that that uh that speech scene at the end where he's like all of a sudden just like freezing up and like can't think of what mm-hmm. to say and it comes out yeah. terribly so like it's just like it's a thing where like i feel like dads in in like in sitcoms to maybe focus on children dads are often like the ones who always have to do the things that make them look bad whereas like with this movie like he gets that in the second half but the first half 
is like him in, in classic dad role, so that kind of helps you to to make make it feel like a more balanced character. Even though in perhaps a lesser movie, you'd only get the the those second half scenes of like him looking pathetic. Whereas this movie, like it, beforehand, it does the work to show you like no, like he's also like just like a work work a day kind of guy, and he's like around the house. He's he like sometimes like does stuff around. So like I I, I think that this although like the second half of the movie kind of pu- kind of pushes him into more uh more uh, terrible circumstances but uh, overall the the movie does him right yeah i think there's di- different facets i think portrayed really well by the movie um yeah we had nobaru um not not as i think not as many facets but i think he gets a few uh interesting scenes um with uh yeah we had the girlfriend scene um, there's I, like, I like the scene with him and the dad too it's like them oh. playing cats. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. literally titled Male Bonding. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is how dads and sons bond with baseball. And I, and I like that they're like, uh, why are we doing Why? Because parental <laughs> yeah. bonding. And they're like, I guess we should try to do that. Like, yeah. like But it doesn't have to be catch. Like, I think that, I think that was funny. So. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a good. Um, I, the random scene of like his female classmate um like using him to try to get in with the the, 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 the other guy, guy she likes and yeah then she's like okay I, I want my umbrella back and he's like yeah. no <laughs> yeah i thought that was good um yeah no no Baru, i think he was good um no, as discussed nonako not a lot there yeah, um, I did yeah. like the oh, is your mom lost too? Like I lost my whole family. Yeah. It, like, they all got lost. Not well, her. That that whole scene is so good. It's like it's like man, like why is Nanoko only in this? He's like so so great, like being uh, being helpful to this kid while also like kind of being oblivious to her own situation. Yeah. Uh, and the whole like mitts up of the the pair the the pa- like also like they do a good job like the pa- uh, showing like the stress that your family goes through. When you lose someone, you can't find them, especially in the age before cell phones, really. So, like the, the, that, that was all very relatable. I got lost in a in a in a Macy's once, and that was oh, no. stress, stressful. Oh. So I, 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 I so I was very impressed with Anoka, like channeling her energy into helping another lost kid instead. Yeah, that was good. That that's like the first major vignette we get. Um, and it paints the family in a horrible light. So it's an interesting first first one to go to here. Like, yeah, they just all forgot about her. Um, yeah. Like, she literally was asleep on a bench next to them. <laughs> they yeah. just got up and left. There's something, I guess, relatable about that experience. Um, I think it's like you've had that happen to you. Because, I, I mean, see that, like, vignette was very like cute and i really loved it but i've never gotten lost in a store before or like left behind in a store my brother has but not me (laughs) (laughs) just like functioning as like a unit and all like do forgetting something or doing something wrong like and i think i guess it's important to capture them functioning um together as it's all about the family yeah, and like, and like in the car, they're all like blaming each other. Like, well, you were focused on the yeah. and you yeah. were like busy. You're just as responsible because <laughs> you also lost her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then Pochi, the dog, who does not get a lot going on. Um, okay, but, uh, so can I talk about what in the world? What is what HBO- takes do you have on po- Pochi? <laughs> What in the world is HBO Max doing with their description? At the very, like, it goes through, like, the movie description. At the end is, like, even the family dog has issues. Have you watched this movie? The dog has no issues. He's just there in the background. Like, what what are you even talking about? And, like, I noticed this, too, like, Whisper of the Heart, where they're, like, talking about the the Baron helps her listen to the whispers of her heart, as if that's a big part of the movie. It's not. Like, who is writing these descriptions? Yeah, I'm not even... I'm sure they're coming from HBO Max, though. So I don't know if that's uh, that. <laughs> Find me the source. Yeah. Well, when I noticed the the, su- the subtitle error in Whisper of the Heart, I, it also added G Kids because I think it might be them or it might be Studio Ghibli. I'm not even sure who's doing any of this, honestly. Um, but yeah, yeah. No. It Pochi, might be just some like uh, look. Alex Pochi had sense. this one issue. It was cold out, and so yeah. he went into his doghouse to warm up. That was his issue. That was his Remember issue. That? He was getting involved. Yeah. I don't because we were talking about. <laughs> the dad not the dog you're just being too picky 
<laughs> I, I'm just mad because there were no cats. There was a dog. There you go. Aww. <laughs> we needed more Pochi. I mean, he was flying around with them in the Kesaraseras. That was nice. Yes. Yeah. Um. There you go. Uh, I want. I want to read this long quote from as the last one from LeBlanc and Odell on the cultural differences. To we've we've mostly said this, but to uh, clearly state some of the things we're talking about here. They say, Rather like Pompoko, uh, My Neighbors the Amadas is a film that balances its comedic moments with ones of utmost seriousness. Like The Simpsons, it is essentially a comedy about an outwardly dysfunctional family, the but ultimately... The dysfunctional family sitcom ever. <laughs> the yeah. most iconic one in animation, uh, but ultimately one that sticks together against uh, the odds. Where it differs from its U.S. counterpart, however, is the way in which cultural aspects are foregrounded to a much greater degree. The Amadas have centuries of Japanese tradition behind them and this whatever their individual foibles affects every aspect of their lives while the simpsons makes passing references to pop culture and occasionally u.s history the amadas don't just comment on their past and surroundings they embody them occasionally this can feel a little jarring in that takata will cut from a moment of comedy and segue into the next vignette by way of an illuminated haiku from poets such as busan or basho but this is deliberate, linking the modern-day Yamadas with their video games and convenience food to a rich tradition in art and culture. Uh, pausing in that quote, yeah, the the, the quotes from the philosophers, poets, uh, definitely not something I think resonates with uh, us, uh, at least for me watching it. But I do that. I like that interpretation that it's like trying to link them to ja- the, this Japanese uh, past. Um, yeah. That, that grasshopper quote was the only one that stuck with me. But I feel like even in English movies, I don't really like that when like people use Yeah, I'm not a big quote, yeah, quote, literature. yeah. Like, I it's agree like, with let, that, let but the movie speak for itself, you know? Yeah, but also we don't even know these, these like, people who they're quoting and stuff, so it's, like, even further, I think, from I feel like a lot of them were, like, quotes that maybe, like, everyone kind of, like, like, in, like, Japanese culture, yeah, I think just, they're supposed like, to be super familiar. Yeah. 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 Like, they're, like, general quotes that, like, almost everybody knows. So then, like, since we did not, like, grow up with them, we're like, okay, they got these random quotes. All right. Like, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's what's Well, it, it, it also kind of calls back to, like, the early Warner Brothers cartoons where they do, like, cartoons based on Aesop's fables, like the turtle and the tortoise and the hare stuff. Where it's just like, you know, I'm like, the, 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 that's enough to, to base a, a 10-minute segment on. And that, that this is kind of like putting a bunch of those together in a movie, you know? Like, I, I could totally see these as, like, short films from the, from the 50s or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, this isn't, you know, this is only the late 90s, so there's definitely history it's building on in general animation. I don't think these are necessarily based on the quotes. He's more tying the quotes to what the, what was going sure, on. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I would say, like, probably I interpreted this as, like, having something akin to a Confucius quote at the end, maybe that they're familiar with, like an old ph- philosopher in Japan. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's kind of where I was coming from watching it, but... Uh, let's second second part of this quote. So they say, uh, "Nowhere is this link more apparent than in the roller coaster flashback as to how the family came to be a madcap wedding on a bobsleigh, which transforms into a ship that is dwarfed by a huge wave, reminiscent of the Great Wave of Kanagawa, the most uh, internationally famous of Hokusai's thirty six views of Mount Fuji series of prints." The couple conceived their children by finding. Nurobu inside a peach and Nonoko in a bamboo shoot, both variations of popular folk tales. Indeed, the film is sprinkled with allusions to Japanese paintings, folklore, and writing, as well as pop culture. When Takashi finally and reluctantly confronts the biker gang that have been dropping litter, he gains the strength from imagining himself as Gekko Kamen, Moonlight Mask, one of Japan's first TV superheroes. In many ways, this makes My Neighbors the Amadas one of Ghibli's most difficult films to watch outside Japan, as every scene relies on cultural knowledge to fully engage with it. Yeah, so that's what I was trying to express before. Um, uh, and I think I think we took a lot away with, from it, you know, despite this uh, cultural barrier. Yeah, I, yeah, I would definitely say Pompoko is more culturally um, uh, dependent than... Because, like, this movie depends I mean, so I, much I don't on... Think like, we can, uh, without knowing the full cultural basis, I don't think we can firmly say this. Uh, Maybe not, but I'll just yeah. say, like, th- th- this depends a lot on basic family values that exist, I think, around the world, so, like, that makes it, does it a lot feel, more... It does feel universal to yeah, 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 I would agree with that. Um, you know, I think Pompoko is, like, a, an animal animal movie, so I think that, I think that's uh, accessible to a, to a certain extent, too, but no, they, they, I mean, these two are, are definitely the big ones, probably. We'll see if there's any others in the rest of the Ghibli catalog, but 
Um, I'm, I'm happy we've been able to discuss them uh, with uh, as much in-depth commentary as we are considering the the kind of cultural disconnect with with these two movies. By, by the way, the the bamboo shot, uh, I've, I've like seen only pictures, but that's pretty much what Kaguya is, right? Like, is this like a lot of bamboo stuff going on in that movie? I believe that might be a, the the cold the full popular tale they're referring to is the Kaguya tale. The, the Princess Kaguya movie is based on a Japanese tale, so we're gonna we'll talk about that when we get to that movie. Um, but okay. yeah, that's his te- that's his telling of a of a classic Japanese folk tale. Um, is is his last movie, which we'll eventually get to. Um, only other thing I want to highlight is the score, uh, which is it contains a lot of like existing songs in Japan, a lot of like classical uh, renditions um, that they do. Um, there's a lot of piano pieces composed by Akiko Yano, who's like a popular singer, I think, and or like a notable singer in Japan. Um, the one I really love is uh, Quit Being Alone, which is kind of the theme song to the movie. It plays over the credits at the end. It's also a, like a, 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 a instrumental version is in the beginning, interspersed. And then I think it's also playing over that that scene in the beginning we, all, we, uh, we talk about, like a, a sweeping orchestral version of that, um, of the, the, the fa- founding of the family. Um, yeah, re- really love this one. Um, were there any music selections otherwise that stood out to you guys? No, not really. Not really, to be honest with you. And, and this is, it's a lot of Japanese songs, so I think it's a lot of stuff that we're also not recognizing here, probably in the score. Yeah. Oh, also, like, again, coming off of Princess Mononoke, which has, like, such, like, sweeping stuff, and then jumping to, like, uh, more, like, like, again, like, it's scoring a sitcom, you know, like, music is not gonna be, like, the highlight there, no matter what, so, like, but it, it, it blends in with the, with the environment. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think like it's during the sitcomy moments, it's these uh, piano, p- short piano pieces, which comprise most of the soundtrack, which is not on Spotify, annoyingly. Um, every other Ghibli one has been. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, I think the times when it gets kind of sweeping uh, t- traditional movie soundtrack are during these these sweet these wider sequences we've been talking about these more notable animation ones. That's when you kind of get these these larger, uh, more interesting musical pieces. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, definitely a diff- way different animal than scoring Mononoke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, April, were there other, other things that were on your mind about Yamada's? No, I mean, it's, it's a, like, it's a good movie. And I, again, like, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I think I kind of had the same attitude as you, Dylan. Like, this movie's going to be awful. But, like, it's. So it's so well made and like definitely was way before its time. So like I I was literally like as I was watching it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to go tell my one friend to watch this because he's going to love it. Like and all this stuff. So (laughs) nice. Yeah. I mean, I think these all these Takahata uh, animation experimental movies are still behind their time in America. I still don't think we've really had things like this, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, it's it's funny that it, it feels like that to a certain extent, as we've talked about, despite being this comic movie, mm-hmm. um, comic strip movie. It all uh, makes I, me so sad. That, well, I mean, I guess it makes sense, too, that it didn't do so well, like, at the box office, because it's, again, like, so different compared to, like, Mononoke and everything else, you know, so. Also, like, how do you advertise this movie? It's like, hey, watch a family do things. Yeah. <laughs> the, po- the poster is like a, just a very basic sketch of the sun with like a, a, bir- a head on a bird body is like the poster <laughs> of this movie. Yeah. I um, didn't. There's a trailer and I did not watch it because okay. I, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to ruin any part of this movie for me. Like, I like. Yeah, no, I you, can't ruin, you can't yeah, ruin. Yamatas, you can't ruin. You can't ruin it. Well, like for, for real though, like it, just like in ge- anthology mo- like movies, like have there been many in theaters? I feel like that's just like a genre that doesn't work come in on, our modern time. Come watch a normal family get along throughout their day. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's, I mean, I've seen, I've definitely seen uh, anime shows a lot like this, what it's going for, but uh, it's it's way different in, in a movie. Um, so, then I think that produced kind of some of the more interesting aspects but of the framing with these crazy I, scenes. I really liked that it was made into a movie versus like a, sh- like a TV show, just because like, 
with a with a TV show like you would obviously you know one episode per vignette, but they would have to stretch it out somehow. And I I think that by doing that they would have ruined a lot of like the story and like the themes and everything that like and the messages of each one. So it's very successful as itself. Nice, nice, Alex. Anything else about Yamada's you want to bring up? Uh, no, I think we've 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 covered pretty much everything. It's a, a it's it's funny that this will be the last Takahata movie for a while in this rewatch until we get to Kaguya, which I'm really excited to to visit. Oh yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah, with, with with this being the the lasting effect, it's just like. Man, like Takahata is just like one of the more interesting directors to talk about. Like, yeah. like even if his movie is like when you're wa- when you're sitting down watching it for the first time, you're like, uh, I don't know. But like just like the con- the context of it and like why certain choices are made, like that part I love. <laughs> like trying 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 to discuss and talk talk that out. So I, I think so. Yamada is just uh, another another point in that. Uh, I'll also say. Mononoke to Yamada's to Spirited Away. Yamada's feels like a perfect, like, okay, calm down. Like, <laughs> back to like a, like, yeah. you know, a simple movie. And then you can ramp your way back up to Spirited Away. And you're expect, that's how your expectations get managed, you know? Like, you go, like, high fantasy, this grounded family thing, high fantasy, and then whatever comes next. But, like, I think, I think it's like a perfectly placed in, like, if you're doing the binge, like, this feels like the perfect place to put it. It's in, like, in, in it's like way, working yeah. out. You got to do it in sprints, you know, like you got to go really hard for a little bit. And then just calm yourself for like 20 seconds. Yeah. and then <laughs> it, is, it is definitely funny. This is the movie in between Miyazaki's two big epics. Uh, yeah, we get Yamada's one of the most low key Ghibli movies. Um, yeah, no, if you've not seen Kaguya yet, this is, uh, I, I would argue, the best post Spirited Away Ghibli movie. So this, it's, uh, I'm very, very excited to get to that one eventually. But no, that's, yeah, he, he's, he's, Takada's doing a bunch of other, he's like, tra- I think he's like translating, uh, movies into Japanese, doing just random stuff, uh, into, and then he just pick, he starts to direct again and takes forever on Kaguya. So, um, <laughs> that's, uh, Yamada's his last, uh, last foray for a little while uh, i think it was an interesting discussion i'm glad we we highlighted a lot of the uh notable aspects of yamada's not one you know despite us being like very i think very effusive for a lot of it probably not one that still is gonna like uh be at the top of uh top of minds when recommending ghibli films when saying what's the best of ghibli um but in but- but like some... I, I've seen people call this like worst or like at the bottom, and I don't oh, yeah. think it deserves that. I don't I think mean... so either. I think it's just because it's so unique and like it's it's in like a different like bracket they, of. They, a they don't they don't get it. If yeah, they don't, they don't get, get it. <laughs> no, I mean look, my if opinion you of movie, you don't like movies. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so bold take. Uh, the uh, no, like uh, I. I I'll talk about this like on later movies, but I think after Spirited Away, we kind of like jumped down in quality for Studio Ghibli. Like we've basically had classics up to this point, um, and I, I would count Yamada as among them in its unique ways, which it's like the kind of like a classic, a masterpiece. We really just don't have a lot of those after. I would say this movie is a lot more notable than many of the ones to come. Not that those aren't good in their own ways, a lot of them after Spirited Away, but um, I'm relishing in this uh, time period that we're in. But uh, who knows? Maybe as we continue this experience, we'll be blown away by further Ghibli movies as well. We can um, only hope. We can only hope. Okay, so let us know your thoughts on My Neighbors the Yamadas, the five of you who listened to the end of a uh, Yamadas podcast. I don't oh, know. Come this on. can't be this can't be a big maybe in some ways this is the most appealing of the Ghibli Rewatch podcast, because how many Yamadas podcasts are out there, you know? Exactly. Maybe, okay. Maybe that's like, the optimistic view. Maybe this is what will get more people into it and it'll have like a, like it'll have a the <laughs> yeah, deserved, we'll do that. like <laughs> recognition <laughs> so. Se- a second wave for yeah. the Yamadas a f- really a first, the first wave. wave it's never really been popular in the US yeah okay. second ocean waves the first yeah. wave. Ocean wave we also gotta get that ocean waves renaissance going that's another uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay there you go on, on Yamadas yeah any any comments we'd be interested find all the ways to contact us at overlyanimated.com um thanks to all of our patrons for their support at patreon.com slash overly animated uh thanks to uh our patron of the podcast especially damien and thanks to our patrons that get producers ryan steve alex beatrice hugh michael needle and phonician 
Yes, it's the big one next time, Spirited Away. Uh, not that they're not all big, but excited for Spirited Away. I was excited for Yamadas and excited for Spirited Away too. So we will see you guys for Spirited Away. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.